ذنوبكم The deen that Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with, the deen of Islam, is most perfect, most complete. Allah Ta'ala Himself declares, Al-Yawma akmaltu lakum deenakum wa atmamtu alaykum ni'mati wa raditu lakum al-Islam deena. This was among the last ayat of the Qur'an Sharif that we revealed. Allah Ta'ala says that today I have perfected for you, for your Deen. This was revealed at the time of Hajjatul Wada, barely some two months before Rasulullah left this dunya. That your deen has now been perfected and this favor has been completed and this way of life is what Allah Ta'ala is pleased with for you. The way of Islam, the way that Rasulullah lived and demonstrated. So in this way of life that Allah Ta'ala gave us which is completed, perfected this teaches us how to worship Allah Ta'ala how to recognize Him Allah Ta'ala's Qudrat His power how to recognize this how to recognize all His attributes the ma'rifat of Allah Ta'ala the Quran Sharif is filled with ayat of the that highlight the Qudrat and the greatness of Allah Ta'ala because without Marifat, without recognition a person will not be able to bring obedience in his life if he doesn't recognize the authority then he doesn't bother about obedient, being obedient to that person he recognizes that this person is a very high ranking police officer so now he is more cautious about what he does how he goes about things because he could get in trouble with the law but if he doesn't recognize him because the person is in plain clothes it doesn't bother him so the first thing is recognition and therefore the recognition of Allah wa ta'ala, that is what we are supposed to be making an effort to acquire so that we recognize who our Rabbi is who our Creator is who is allowing us to exist and on whose grace and mercy every moment of our life we depend then together with this marifat of Allah Ta'ala when a person has gained this marifat and he recognizes who is his Rabb so obviously only Allah is worthy of worship and he has recognized this so now he will worship Allah Ta'ala so this worship of Allah Ta'ala is all encompassing worship worship is not confined to Salah Salah is a fundamental aspect of worship the most important 
fundamental of deen and the first thing that he will be questioned about on the day of Qiyamah Salah, the importance of it cannot be overemphasized. Entire deen is based upon the extent of Salah in a person's life. In the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah says, As-salatu imadu deen man aqamaha faqad aqamad deen. Salah is the foundational pillar of deen. The person will keep this alive, keep this upright, then the rest of his deen will stay upright inshallah. And man hadamaha faqad hadamad deen if he has destroyed this pillow of deen, then everything else will collapse as well. So this is extremely basic, fundamental. Unfortunately, we don't give salah the due importance that it deserves. It is just there if it is there. And if it is there also, it is often around other things in life. Whereas this must be given the highest priority. And salah in the masjid, Salah in the house of Allah Taala. This is the requirement of a mu'min that he performs his five times salah in the house of Allah Taala with jama'ah unless there is a valid shari'i excuse for him. So worship, worship is all encompassing ibadat of Allah Taala. Salah is not the only aspect of worship. Rather, salah is one of the most important parts of worship. So in any case. When a person has recognized Allah Ta'ala, now this recognition of Allah Ta'ala brings about this obedience to Allah Ta'ala. This ibadat and worship of Allah Ta'ala. And the worship as mentioned encompasses every aspect of a mu'min's life. His salah, his zakat, his fasting, his hajj. And likewise it encompasses and it includes all those aspects of his life that deal with his mu'amalat, his financial dealings, his transactions and then his mu'asharat, his social life how he lives with people as well as his akhlaq this worship governs his actions governs his words also it is not that the person is free to say what he wants to say rather even what he says is part of his ibadat and just as the person commits Allah forbid commits sins with his actions they are even more dangerous sins that he commits with his tongue, with his words so just as the commands of Allah Ta'ala govern his actions it governs his words also he's not free to speak as he wishes he's not free to say whatever he wants he's not free to say even the right thing how he wants he has to say obviously what is right what is pleasing to Allah wa ta'ala. He has to say what is right in the right manner. And then he has to say what is right in the right manner with the right intention also. If he's saying the right thing in the right manner with the wrong intention, with the wrong motive, that too he'll be accountable for. So even a person's words, we have been taught how to speak. We have been taught how to choose the right words. We have been taught how to convey something. And say to my servants to say that which is best. To say that which is best to whom? Just to maybe our friends only. Or maybe if in the masjid then we'll say what is the best. Meaning saying what is the best, what is the correct things to say. What Allah Ta'ala is pleased with. 
and to say it how Allah Ta'ala is pleased with. So now is that confined to maybe just to say it in the masjid in the right way? Or just maybe to our friends? Or maybe some senior of ours, our ustad, our sheikh, maybe some senior personality of the community. So then only we speak in that manner. But then if we are speaking to, for example, our employees, we are speaking to our customers maybe, or then maybe a person is now within the four walls of his home, so now he's speaking to his wife, speaking to his children, so now these laws of Sharia don't apply, this command of Allah Ta'ala does not apply, he may deal with that employee in any way, talk to him in any manner, no, no, even this a person will be accountable for the day of Qiyamah. And unfortunately, in those places where a person should be more cautious, where a person should be even more careful, because the interaction is so frequent, so now this becomes a place of trial and tests, because a person becomes casual. When he becomes casual, he becomes careless. When he becomes careless, he can slip easily. When a person is walking very, very carefully, even on a slippery terrain, he might be able to pass through safely, because he is being very careful. And if he is walking carelessly, even on a flat surface, which is dry, which there is no real danger, but because of walking carelessly, he can fall on that surface too. One slight little pebble came in the way, he didn't bother about it, he stepped on it carelessly, and there was so much of space to walk around comfortably, but he stepped on that pebble and he slipped and fell. Why? Because of carelessness. Now because he was very casual, but now he knows it's wet, it's slippery, so now he's very careful, so now he takes every caution and care, so he walks safely past. Likewise, those places where a person now meets somebody once in a while, or he's meeting somebody senior, or he's in the masjid, so now he knows that this is, I must be careful among the people that I'm around, I need to be cautious about how I speak now, I'm in the presence of somebody who, maybe if I talk rudely here, I'll lose the deal. If I talk abruptly and I'm not very courteous and kind, then this person will chase me out. He won't give me any business. So now because of that, that the person for the sake of that dunya is very cautious about how he speaks. He's very cautious about how he says what even he is irritated about. That person has said something that he's irritated about, but he responds in a very nice way. Why? Because there's some money to be made. There's a deal to be clinched. There's some business involved. But then, that is a place now because there is something that he finds slippery, so therefore he is very careful. But now he comes home, he is interacting with his employees every day, he is interacting with others all the time, those who are close to him, so now he becomes very casual, very careless, doesn't think about what he says. Doesn't think about what he says to the extent of let alone saying something harshly and rudely, he doesn't bother about whether it is something even haram completely. Now he's using vulgarities, he's swearing at people, and doesn't give a second thought to it, so what? It's not so what, on the day of Qiyamah all this will be accountable, all this will come back, and all this will take away a person's good deeds. Like in the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah explains that who is the pauper of this Ummah, the person who comes with a lot of good deeds on the day of Qiyamah. All his Salah, his Zakat, his fasting, person mashallah read Tilawat of the Quran Sharif, and he made, made tilawat repeatedly making khatam, khatam upon khatam. So now mashallah his tongue is engaged in so much of tilawat, 
so much of tasbihat, and then he comes out and he also dishes out some vulgarity. Now, all the silawat is going to get dished out to somebody else. So now, mashallah, he's feeling very pious about himself. I make so much of tilawat and I recite so much of Durud Sharif. Alhamdulillah, summa alhamdulillah. But if we don't refrain from the sin at the same time, we don't protect our tongues from the evil of the tongue, then all this tilawat and tasbihat and zikr, mashallah, so excellent it is, and such great ibadat, and such great amal, but we are doing it for somebody else. We are doing it for others who we harm with our tongue. So this protecting the tongue is extremely important, more important than protecting even the hands and feet. And that is why where Rasulullah defined who is a Muslim. Now if we are asked who is a Muslim, define a Muslim. So now we will give many definitions and the definitions will be correct also. Somebody will define in one way, somebody in another way. And not that those definitions will be wrong. Inshallah those definitions will be right because we understand what Islam is. We understand who a Muslim is. But there are certain things which are taken for granted. Which are very fundamental in a mu'min's life, in a Muslim's life. And they are a very prominent part of his Islam. But they are taken for granted. So Rasulullah highlighted this in the definition of who is a Muslim. In other words, if a person is missing in this respect, he has everything else in place. He has everything else in place, but he is lacking in this regard. Then he shouldn't consider himself worthy of the title of Al-Muslim. Though it's not that he is not a Muslim. He is a Muslim. Because he has the fundamentals in place. But he shouldn't within himself regard himself worthy of this title. So Rasulullah is explaining who is Al-Muslim. Al-Muslimu man salim al-Muslimuna min lisanihi wa yadi. That a Muslim, somebody who deserves this title, somebody who fits this definition in the true sense of the word, the person who others are safe from the harm of his tongue and his hand. What it means is the harm of his words and his actions. He is very conscious that others must not get taklif from me. And he is very sensitive to the difficulties of others. He is not heedless of this. He is not indifferent to it. If somebody else is inconvenienced in their business, not my business, why should I worry? I am fine. If somebody is getting irritated with something from me, that's their problem, not my problem. No, no, it will become a very big problem on the day of Qiyamah. Let alone the day of Qiyamah, even in dunya, will become a problem. But Allah Ta'ala gives respite that a person now comes on track, but then the person continues heedlessly, indifferent, not bothered, who is getting disturbed, and how they are getting hurt, and how they are getting inconvenienced, doesn't matter. Nabi Islam says then such a person is not deserving of this title of Al-Muslim. And if he is indifferent to the difficulty that others are getting through him, because of his carelessness, because of his inconsideration, then he doesn't deserve this title. Al-Muslimu man salim al-Muslimun min lisanihi wa yadi. And who other Muslims are safe from the harm of his words and his deeds. He doesn't cause taklif for others. He is very conscious of this. He is very, very sensitive. He is not indifferent. His iman doesn't allow him to be indifferent. His being a Muslim doesn't allow him to be inconsiderate. 
Can we imagine the consideration of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam that one Sahabi explains we were guests in the home of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, so he had housed us somewhere. They used to come to learn Deen from far off places, and they would stay for a few days. So in the masjid or in some place, they would be accommodated. So Nabi Sallallahu would take care of them. He would come to see to them. They say sometimes Nabi Sallallahu would come late in the night because he was busy with other Sahaba. But he would come past to see now we are fine, we are guests, we are mehman. And part of deen that Nabi Sallallahu himself taught, Man kana yu'minu billahi wal yawmil akhir fal yukrim daifa. That a person who has iman in Allah in the last day, he is a mu'min. Then among the dictates of his iman is, fal yukrim daifa. That he should honor his guest. So now part of honoring the guest, that Nabi Islam would come to see now everything is fine, but now he was so busy and engaged with the other Sahaba and other th- work, it would be late at night sometimes. So everybody, or maybe some have gone to sleep. So now he would come, the teaching of the Quran Sharif is, you enter your home, you make salam. Now who is entering? Nabi Islam is entering. The Sahaba would have been more than thrilled that they had been alerted to his entry, they would have left everything, left their sleep, just to get one gaze of his Mubarak face. That would have been more than Eid for them. But on the other side, Nabi Salaam's consideration, that perhaps somebody is already asleep. So the Sahabi explained that he would enter in such a way, and make Salaam in such a manner, which is now the etiquette, and the requirement that you make Salaam, he would make Salaam in such a tone, and such a manner, that if somebody was awake, they would hear it, and if somebody was asleep, the sleep would not be disturbed. Who is making the, taking the care to be considerate? Sayyidul Kainat, the greatest of Allah Taala's creation, for whom every Sahabi had, was ready to lay down his life. And who is being considerate of? Those who are ready to make themselves slaves for him, who regard themselves as, as the slaves of his. And ready to lay down their lives for him. But he is so considerate for them. That even if he is making salam at a time now when some could be asleep, that salam is made in a way that if somebody is sleeping, the sleep won't get disturbed. In the same hadith sharif where it comes, that the person who has iman in Allah in the last day, then he should honor his guest. The second aspect mentioned in this very hadith also. He's has iman in Allah in the last day. One hadith already told us that if you are Muslim, then don't cause taklif and don't cause difficulty to others with your words, with your deeds. Be very conscious, very careful. And this hadith says if you have iman, if you are truly claiming to have iman, فَلْيَقُلْ خَيْرًا أَوْ Then say that which is good, otherwise keep quiet. Say that which is good, otherwise control the tongue from saying anything. If you can bring about some happiness to somebody, you can bring about something to teach somebody something, to benefit somebody in some way, to bring some kind of, some good feeling in somebody, then by all means speak. There's some benefit of deen that you can give, you can give some benefit in this manner of cheering somebody, obviously all within the limits of deen, then by all means speak. Even speak something light-hearted also, with the right intention, this will make somebody happy. Even that is part of our deen. Can we imagine the extent that deen has accommodated us? Rasulullah is passing one little child, the child had lost his, his little bird, got, died or whatever. And Nabi Islam addressed this child, Ya Aba Umair, Ma Fa'alan Nughair. Now he's a little child and his kunya was Abu Umair. So now to rhyme it with that, Abu Umair, what happened to the Nughair? Nughair means bird. And to cheer him up, 
that now for him, that child, Nabi Salaam talking to him in this way, was a tremendous thing. He got so thrilled about this. Nabi Salaam spoke to me, and he addressed me by my name, Ya Aba Umair. He forgot about all his grief. He forgot about the pain. He forgot about that loss of that bird. Now it was a little pet, and he lost it. He was grieved. Nabi Salaam cheered him. Cheered him in a light-hearted manner. This light-heartedness also with the right niyat and intention will become sawab, will become rewarded. But this is what Deen taught us. That like we care about how we conduct ourselves in terms of performing our salah, that's a time for giving zakat, we are conscious, must give our zakat correctly, we must fast in the month of Ramadan, all these are fundamentals of Deen. But likewise, while on the one side we have to do as much as we can in terms of amal, similarly it is extremely important to look after those amal. In the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala says, Man jaa bil hasana falahu amsaliha. The one who will bring that good deed and come on the day of Qiyamah. He did it, but he lost it on the way, then he's lost. Too bad. He earned it, he brought it home. If he got stolen on the way, what he's going to brag about that he earned so much and came. So likewise, he made those amal, he has to safeguard it and bring it till Qiyamah. How he's going to safeguard it? By not engaging in things that cause him to lose his amal. Making ghibat and backbiting of people, saying hurtful things, getting engaged in unnecessary discussions that don't benefit a person in any way. This causes harm to his deen, causes harm to his dunya. He's getting involved in discussions that are of no, no use to him. And he can't find any solutions to that. But now in that process he's getting involved in somebody's ghibat. He is now making comments which might harm his deen, harm his akhirat. So what's the benefit in that? So he talks that which benefits him. Talk that which is a means of goodness for others, will cheer somebody else up, will bring some happiness to the heart of a mu'min. That bringing happiness to the heart of a mu'min is among the greatest forms of ibadat after the faraiz. After the faraiz, among the greatest forms of ibadat. Now a person is going home, does he think about this? That what can I say now to bring some happiness in the people of the home? That this is among the greatest forms of ibadat. I'm going to see my parents, what can I say to cheer them up, to make them feel good? Because this is among the greatest forms of ibadat after the faraiz. This elderly person is sick, I can go and just make salam with him, he has come to the masjid, and just say some words to comfort him, to something to give him, something to smile about. It might be some very gentle talk, but something to make him smile, why? The poor man's heart will just feel a little bit happier, among the greatest forms of ibadat after the faraiz. Now this is the tongue. How much the tongue can earn? How great this tongue is in terms of the good that it can achieve? Among the greatest impacts that any limb of the body can have is the tongue. And among the most dangerous limbs and organs also is the tongue. It can earn tremendously and can lose everything in a moment. It can alienate his wife in one statement. And it can cause his iman to be lost in a moment also. So this is a very very delicate limb that Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with very very great in its benefit and the good that it can earn and achieve and very dangerous in what it can do also Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq that we become very conscious about what we say how we say it yes in this process there is a lot of sabr to make there is a lot of sabr to make that is a challenge of dunya that a person now controls the tongue and makes sabr at the time when that anger has been provoked and he doesn't say anything that's crossing the line he doesn't say anything that will displease Allah Ta'ala that will earn him the great rewards and barakat in dunya also and the tremendous 
bounties and benefits that Allah Ta'ala has in store for him in the Akhirat. May Allah Ta'ala give us a tawfiq.